This is Slack and Slash Productions. Bringing you an extra special bonus Strahdcast. A fast cast. Hello, Scott the DM here. I've got a fast cast in the gas tank, and today I want to talk about a specific NPC named Haslick. Perhaps you have just listened to the episode in which the PCs follow Haslick through the depths of Castle Ravenloft, and you may be asking yourself questions about this character. He is, in fact, a new character in the Curse of Strahd campaign, sort of kind of. And he's replacing an NPC named Rahadin, or Rahadin? Not really sure. Again, sort of, kind of. I want to explain his functions in my campaign, Uh, then I'll explain how I chose his distinct features, and why I chose to replace Rahadin in the first place, and then finally I'll talk about how I've been role-playing him. Ultimately, I hope that DMs can use this as an opportunity to think about creative and unconventional ways to use NPCs in their own stories. So when I create a new NPC, I like to think about their functions in the game. Are they an ally of the PCs? Are they an obstacle? Are they a resource of some kind? A means to an end? Uh, Or potentially all of the above? After all, NPCs are alive, mostly, and dynamic, so they can change their attitudes and behaviors and reactions in response to what the PCs do. For long-standing campaigns like Curse of Strahd, I always want to make sure that there's at least one NPC that can provide information for the PCs and hints, uh, even potentially pep talks to kind of keep them moving along the right path. And initially, in this campaign, they had a couple. First, they had Irina, uh, although she had not yet learned all of the skills associated with uh, reading Taroka, so she wasn't a great fount of info, uh, but she had a little bit of knowledge and certainly helped them to get acclimatized to the new evil Barovia. And then they met a character named Madame Ull, and in the printed version of Curse of Strahd, her name is Madame Eva. She's one of the Vistani. And Irina is still around on the periphery and can still be used for gathering information, uh, but Madame Ull I decided to write out of the campaign fairly early on. Um, a standard trope where you uh, meet a, a wizard, uh, an Obi-Wan guru figure, and then they die. Now, by this point, we're over halfway through the narrative of Curse of Strahd. Uh, Irina, I feel, is kind of reaching the edge of her knowledge. Uh, Plus, my PCs have not really been using her that much, even though I gave them a fancy long-distance communication link with her. Um, So I decided they should probably have somebody else who can feed them the necessary bits of info. Um, My PCs are not investigators, and they're liable to miss a lot of important clues if somebody isn't there to nudge them in the right direction. Unlike Irina and Madame Ull, I chose an ally whose agenda they could not fully trust. And this is a bit of a gamble, but I feel that it pays off because it creates conflict 
amongst the PCs over whether the info can be relied upon, and also debates about the cost of dealing with this character. So it's more of a situation of, yes, I can provide information for you, I can even help you defeat Strahd, but there will be a cost. And especially if you don't fully articulate that cost right at the start, it creates suspense and potential conflict as the PCs argue over, well, what what is worth this? You know, how much are we willing to give to this guy in order to get the information that we need? In this case, I think because of the way that I've introduced Haslick and the way that I'm playing him, the PCs know that Haslick is evil and they know that he will betray them at some point. But... Maybe he's worth the risk. Maybe the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's the position that I put them into. And I will say that if they decided to reject Haslick's aid outright, to treat him like another opponent, then I had no problem with that, and I would probably still go and create another NPC coming from some other direction in the campaign who could fill that role. So it's really ultimately up to them how they respond to an NPC with this kind of gray morality. You be the judge if you're running a game and you know that your PCs need help, whether or not this kind of uneasy alliance is going to fly with them. And probably, especially if there's a paladin in the party or a lot of the party you're playing lawful good characters, it's less likely to fly. Um, but if they're very desperate, you never know. It, it might work out. So Haslick began appearing to the PCs in dreams. That's how I introduced him to them. Uh, it was shortly after Strahd pegged them as persons of interest. And I decided, uh, before I decided anything else about Haslick, that he would be Strahd's surrogate scryer, you know, scrying like divination. Strahd has the power to divine, to search uh, for PCs if he wants to, but he's willing to delegate it to an underling. So this wizard, Haslick, is in charge of keeping track of the PCs, and the magic that I've decided he's using uh, allows him to dip into their dreams and investigate uh, through there. So it's clear from the start that he's tracking them, which makes him suspicious, but I also wanted it to be clear from the start that he's intrigued by them too. He wants their secrets. So their first long-form encounter with Haslick was way back in chapters uh, chapters 31-32, if you're counting by the Strahdcast chapters, and it culminated in Haslick realizing that these people, having slept for five centuries, encountered Queen Ravanovna before her death, and therefore they might have some useful insight that he could potentially leverage against Stradbon Zarevich. I'll get to his goals and ideals a little bit later, but essentially that info was what gave Haslick the idea to work with them. So at the start, his campaign purpose was a fairly minor threat. He links them back to Strahd, and also when he visits their dreams, if they fail a saving throw, then they become exhausted. They don't get a good night's sleep. It was practically a way for me to be able to drop Strahd in any time I wanted, at least until they entered the gloaming. I decided that Haslick couldn't track them through the gloaming because it's a, a separate dimension. These are all rules that I've imposed on myself, and I've never told the PCs about them, which means I can bend them at some point in the future if I choose to. Now, for all of this, 
I wonder why not just use an existing NPC? Why not just modify Rahadin, that is, Strahd's Chamberlain, so that he can do that kind of dream scrying? Well, the backstory of Rahadin's character is not relevant to me. Uh, Rahadin is a dusk elf, as he's written, and I've essentially eliminated elves and all of the other non-human races from my campaign. Uh, so Strahd's uh, genocide of the Dusk Elves, um, the way it's written, it doesn't work for me. I could have made some modifications and still had it be an interesting story, but I decided to cut it all together. Uh, the other problem with Rahadin is that his bond, his ideal, and his flaw are all basically the same. I'm loyal to Strahd. And that is boring. Plus, he's the Chamberlain, and officially that means his job ends uh, when the castle ends. So if you're playing him as Chamberlain, I don't think the PCs would ever meet him until they got to Castle Ravenloft. So I wanted a more interesting and dynamic character, and I wanted, obviously, somebody who could uh, meet the PCs uh, early and over a series of encounters to maybe sort of build their trust, or at least make them more intrigued. I decided to make Haslick one of the wizards who originally built Ravenloft. Uh, in fact, he is, or was, the apprentice to Mordenkainen, who also appears in The Curse of Strahd, although this probably won't figure into my campaign because the PCs have not followed any of the breadcrumbs leading to Mordenkainen. Uh, they, uh, they just don't seem that interested. So Haslick was there at the beginning. He knows the castle extremely well. He helped design it. And he was also there in uh, what I'm calling Amberizaro, or the Amber Temple, so he knows that environment as well. He knows a lot about Strahd, his backstory, his motivations. He knows the location of at least a couple of the three key artifacts. I also wanted to make him really creepy and disgusting. So instead of an elf or just a human, instead of even a lich, I used a template from Mordenkainen's Guide to Foes. It's a, a supplement book. It's got a bunch of monsters at the end, and it includes a star spawn larva mage. Love that name. One of the best names for any monster ever. So he's essentially a walking amalgam of worms and maggots. In earlier editions of D&D and Pathfinder, he would have been called the Worm That Walks. I've always loved that. I love the idea, the metaphor of him worming his way into their minds, their dreams, their confidence. And of course, maggots are just plenty gross. Uh, it's one of the very first encounters the PCs had was with some rot grubs in the basement of Death House, and they have been icked out ever since by that stuff. So it was it was very easy for me to choose that. Um, the CR for the Star Spawn Larva Mage is rather high, but I also knew that they wouldn't end up in combat with Haslick uh, until quite late in the game, if at all. That he would uh, stay out of conflict if he if he was able to. I inverted his traits. I, I flipped them all on their head so that he's no longer loyal to Strahd. He craves knowledge and power himself. I'll go into more detail about that. But eventually, Hazlitt comes to see the PCs as worthy candidates to potentially usurp Strahd von Zarovich. And I didn't have a specific trigger in mind for this. I knew that eventually, as they gained in power, they'd become more interesting to him for that reason, not just as a source of knowledge, but potentially as allies in a fight against Strahd, or even 
doing the fighting for him. Uh, that would be ideal. So I kept the trigger sort of open, and it nicely dovetailed with their defeat of Baba Lissaga. After they escaped from the gloaming, they found themselves in Castle Ravenloft, and when they met Haslick and told him the truth about how they got there, they didn't mention that they'd killed Baba Lissaga, but he figured it out pretty quickly. He's very smart. Oh, they escaped from the gloaming? The only way they'd do that is if they killed Baba Lissaga. So he's impressed, and now he starts thinking of them as potential allies. Finally, I'll tell you why I chose the name Haslick. It refers to another NPC from the history of Ravenloft. Uh, in fact, he's just appeared recently in 5th edition. He is described as one of the other Dark Lords in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. But he's still very different. In that case, he's a human, a red wizard of Thay from the Forgotten Realms, and he doesn't have the same relationship to Strahd at all. Uh, he exists in a whole different domain. But I chose that name anyway. It's kind of an inside joke with David's because we have played Ravenloft before, and Hasek was a key player in that old campaign. It's also a kind of intimidation play for me. If I use an NPC name that the players recognize or think they might recognize, then it's more impressive. You'll see me do this a little later on, perhaps, if they meet a lich, uh, who in the game as written is not a very interesting character. If I rename that boring lich Azalin, well, suddenly they are shaking in their boots. It's maybe a kind of a cheap trick, but uh, it works. Now, when you build NPCs, uh, Fifth Ed suggests that you give them an ideal, a bond, and a flaw. I also usually add a few traits that help me determine how the character would respond to the PCs. My ideal for Haslick is that knowledge and corruption are power. Knowledge, of course, he's trying to get secrets from the PCs, but corruption, which goes with his whole, you know, maggot motif, uh, is also key to what he's doing. He wants to sway the PCs over to his side. Maybe ultimately they will become his seneschals or servants. His bond, Strahd has my oath, but I serve myself. And unlike lawful evil NPCs in this campaign, Haslick will have no difficulty breaking that bond if it's convenient for him. Finally, his flaw is overconfidence, his assumption that he will be able to play both sides against the middle until the very end. And that will probably be his undoing one way or the other. Either the PCs will defeat him, or Strahd will realize that he is betraying him, and Strahd will destroy them. Either case will be satisfying, I think, for the PCs. He is not designed to survive. As for character traits, let me quickly say, when I'm talking about traits, I'm talking about things that are playable, they're actable. So the fact that he speaks in a funny voice, that's not really a trait. Um, the fact that he, well, that he's made of worms is not really a trait uh, in the sense that I'm using the word. I want traits that can be active. So one trait that I gave him right away is that he's enticing. He likes to tempt and gather people's interest and draw them in. His humor is wry. Maybe dry is a better word for it. And finally, I decided that he is cautious. He's not going to risk anything, even information, if he can get away with holding it back. In these respects, he is a foil to Strahd himself. And a foil means that he has the sort of inverted traits. Uh, Strahd is not 
any of those things. He is not enticing or tempting. He's not wry. He's, he's very sincere in the way I'm playing him. And he is incautious. He has no fear of anything. So I tried to make him kind of the opposite or the, the you know, dark reflection of Strahd in those respects. Finally, I decided that Haslick rarely lies outright. And I decided that because I had to throw the PCs a bone. It would be too easy to win their confidence and then just feed them lie after lie after lie. Better if he masks the truth and lets them connect the dots. And because the PCs do need help, right? If everybody in this world is out to get them, then they probably aren't going to get very far on their own. So he doesn't actually lie. He's just cautious. He's cagey with his information. The last thing that I'll explain, if you're curious, is why I made Haslick sound different in the podcast. And I've done this with a couple of NPCs up till now. I'll continue doing it with Strahd. I use a audio program called Audacity, and you can create macros in Audacity, which are little packages of effects that you can apply to specific bits of sound. So anytime Haslick speaks, I apply the Haslick macro, and it's got an amplification, so he's a little, little louder than I am. It's got a pitch change. It goes down about 14%, and then a reverb effect. So it's like he's speaking inside a concert hall or something. And I, I feel that the, the culmination of those three effects creates a kind of inhuman feel to his voice. Uh, sometimes I also add a little sound effect underneath his voice, and it's a uh, I just got it off YouTube. It's like a horror squelching sound. So it's supposed to sound kind of like worms wriggling, even though that doesn't really sound like anything. Uh, it's it's that kind of sound. And uh, I use that sparingly because if I put too much underneath voice on a recording, then it becomes difficult to understand the voice. Um, so hopefully it hasn't come to that. Nobody has complained about it yet. But it's uh, just a little little extra treat that I throw in for my listeners. So I hope that was of some use to you if you are a DM uh, investigating options, uh, even if you're not. And uh, I hope that you uh, continue to listen and come back to find out what fate Haslick ultimately suffers at the hands of our heroes. Thanks for listening. Strawcast is produced by Slack and Slash Productions out of Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, also known as Unamagi, the unceded and ancestral territory of the Mi'kmaq people. It's based on The Curse of Strahd Revamped, published by Wizards of the Coast, as well as The Curse of Strahd Legendary Edition, published by Beetle and Grimms. But the participants are not affiliated with either company, and we do not seek to profit off this podcast. You can get in touch with us and find more of our podcasts at slackandslashpod.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, you name it. Be sure to leave a review if you like what we do. Until next time, be brave and shine bright. Shine bright.